Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry I'm late. The train's Shut up! You're here! And good thing, because we've got lots of work. It's Employee of the Month with Katie Lazarus, the talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And in this episode, I spoke with Laura Benanti, the Tony Award-winning Broadway star and soprano who um, you've seen in Sound of Music, Nine, Gypsy, Women on the Verge, and so many more um, unbelievable theater productions. We actually talked a little bit about um, one of the greatest plays I saw her in, which is colloquially known as the Vibrator play, but it's really In the Next Room by Sarah Rohl. I wanted to speak with her about that because it was the only non-musical one. Um, She did perform live, so you'll get to hear her uh, delightful music. And you can see her performing live. She's touring right now. And you can go to laurabenanti.com. That's laurabenanti.com to find out how to get tickets, um, depending on where you leave. You may also follow her on Twitter. That's how she got her book deal. And you may know her. Uh, from The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, where she did an exceptional, exceptional impression of Melania Trump. You probably saw it. It went viral. If you haven't, definitely check it out. We spoke about that. We spoke about um, growing older in the business, which just means being an adult. (laughs) And it is changing. And it was great to hear from her perspective because it is such a unique one since she started so young in the business. I want to make sure that I take care of some housekeeping. Employee of the Month, if you have not listened to the show before, it's the only late night talk show all about work. It's a podcast that's recorded live at Joe's Pub at the Public Theater. If you enjoy this episode and you want to check out more, I highly encourage you to go to employeeofthemonthshow.com. That's employeeofthemonthshow.com. Could I have an even longer title for my show? I do. It's actually Employee of the Month with Katie Lazarus. Um, But go to employeeofthemonthshow.com to get on the mailing list so you can get our super special, super secret discount code. Or just go directly to Joe's Pub's website to get your tickets since the shows sell out. Uh, In other business news, housekeeping news, I want to also recommend that if you enjoy this episode, please give us a high rating on iTunes. And I want to thank Factory and Russ and Daughters, who are our wonderful sponsors. FCTRY.com, Factory.com has great, delightful gifts for kids, for you, office, home, fun. They're everything from like Hillary Clinton and Trump dolls to gnome crayons um, and Argyle socks and all these other fun things. And Russ and Daughters is the most delicious appetizing treats. You can get everything from Ruggala to one of the greatest bagels and all sorts of smoked fishes as well as chocolate treats. Uh, Josh Russ Tupper, who's one of the owners, was on Employee of the Month. So check out that episode in our archives. And I also recommend, if you love Laura Benanti, to check out Titus Burgess, who's been on the show, as well as Andrew Rannell's episode and um, the grand dame, Patty Lapone, who has worked so many times with Laura. So with that said, I have to do my annual 
first ever annual business news part of this podcast. And that is audition advice. So I rarely audition since I'm a talk show host and writer, but occasionally I get brought in for roles. And I was brought in for a very big role. And I already knew who it was going to. I already knew who the part was written for since I know the writer. Um, and I saw, in the, I go in and I see on the sheet all these women I know and none of us look alike. And I'm like, what is the one common denominator here? I'm like, oh, yeah, we're all over the age of 30. That was it. That was the only common denominator. But so I did the audition because I think it's really helpful. I mean, I've been in things and I get put when someone needs a therapist or a nosy neighbor or a hot best friend, you know, things that are very close to home for me. So if someone knows that I already do that, they'll bring me in for those roles. But otherwise, I rarely audition. So I go in and I dressed in the 1950s gear that I needed to have because that's where the show takes place. And I'm in this wool dress and it's August and it's so hot. And I'm in this little casting room with the casting director and I start profusely sweating, like out of broadcast news sweating. And I just started laughing, like, isn't this so funny? And the casting director just refused Refused to smile along. And I was like, great. Well, when she reaches menopause, she'll understand how funny that is. Um, how can you not laugh when someone comes into audition and they're sweating because they're wearing a wool dress and 110 degrees because they're so committed? I was a little big in that audition. I need to keep it small. Rein it in. The difference between performing live and being an actor, a lot of people who are neither think it's not that different, but it is It really is. Bring it in for film. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it out for the stage. You know who we'll hear from who's done both of these things and done them so well? Laura Benanti. I also want to wish everyone a happy new year, whether you are Jewish, Christian, Buddhist, Judist. A lot of people don't know what Judist is. They think it's Jewish and Buddhist because a lot of Jews like me meditate every day. In fact, Judists are people who are really into marketing and come up with cloying, irritating branding terms. And personally, I think they should be pummeled. However, I'm going to wish them a happy new year, as well as pagans, heathens, atheists, agnostics, Muslims, everyone. I want to wish that to you. And I also do want to say that this holiday season, Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, where I'm recording, when I am recording this um, introduction, is a beautiful time. And it's a time where You ask for forgiveness for your sins to others and also repent for those that others did to you. And there's something really beautiful if we were all to forgive ourselves and forgive one another, wipe the slate clean and move forward. And it's an aspiration to be sure, but I think it's one that I wanted to share in case it's not part of your repertoire. There's no reason that you can't do this any time of year. But it happens this year when it is the fall. It falls during the Jewish New Year. Happy 5777 to all of those of you playing along. And I think it's it's a really beautiful quality. And having grown up with uh, Judaism, Catholicism, (laughs) and meditating, I want to just say that um, there are beautiful qualities in all of these religions because there are beautiful people in them. And there are also a lot of schmucks. Anyway, I want to wish you all a new year full of happiness, health, and fulfilling careers, and also a lot of fun. One thing that's super fun is to hear this interview with Laura Benanti. Enjoy. So here we go. All the single ladies. All 
the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Now put your hands up.
I love when um, thin people get pregnant. It's like the one time you're a normal weight. It makes me so happy. I appreciate that. Thank you. I just want to apologize to everyone and myself included for not being Maya Rudolph. <laughs> she is literally the most amazing, like brilliant, charming person in the whole world. Yes. You made yes. me go after her. Thanks a lot. Yes. She's a, and a, That's a horribly cruel thing to do to a person. All right. Well, great. I only did it because you are equally um, nope. adept at, at, at what you do well, at it's what you do. <laughs> Okay, I'm allowed to say whatever I want. <laughs> it's my show. And um, you are an unbelievable singer and can hold your own in that way. And as anyone can attest, what I love that both of you did Melania Trump. Yeah. You each did it in such unique ways. Um, but I think we could all agree, including Maya, that you look like how Melania. Dare you. <laughs> Literally, how dare you? <laughs> That's horrifying. It's really, truly upsetting. Disturbing. I I feel like I don't really look like her, but somehow when I just like dim the lights a little and give the mouth, then I do, and a lot of good contouring. But um, yours yeah. is natural. Mine is natural. Yeah. That's the that's the yeah. Difference. I can my face moves. No. Yeah. Yeah. You can have expressions. They're like looking. ooh. All of a sudden that was so ooh. Shots fired. <laughs> Laura, you're much better looking. Yes. yes, thank yeah. you. Yes, I appreciate Absolutely. you saying that. No, she's she's a beautiful woman. She's beautiful. Yeah, I just I feel you know, like that's like I feel like we she's should a give garbage her that. monster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, but I was so glad that everyone got to see how funny you are because you've always Thanks. been so hilarious. Thanks. Um, but it, it does seem in our business that you that people have to see this after a zillion hilarious videos and hosting the Tonys and all of these things where you've been so funny. Um, for them yeah, to realize. I wish I hosted the Tonys. I hosted the drama desks, <laughs> which is like a, which is like a little I'm, bit less than the Tonys. I'm, I'm confusing you. Well, yeah. you've hosted the drama desk several times. I have. Uh, yes, and that's live streamed. So on theatermania.com. Yeah, yeah, Theatermania.com. Yeah. Coming from the Writers Guild, that's yeah. very glamorous well, that they even live stream it. Thank you. It. Yeah. Um, but I'm confusing when you and Andrew um, Reynolds that happens a lot. and Neil Patrick Harris yes. did that great no, song. Yes, no, I am very similar to those two gay men, yes. When you did a great yeah. song with them at the Tonys. <laughs> no, I did, yeah. No, I've been on the Tonys a bunch, and it's funny, I, I think people... I've sat in the audience. No, yeah, you, yeah. Were, you were on stage. Yeah, yeah, no, I was on stage. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, in life in general, people like to sort of compartmentalize you. It makes, it, it makes things more comfortable for them. So people are like, oh, she's a soprano, she does musical theater. She's a very serious person, and that's yeah. never what I've been. So it's taken a few years uh, like like 15 of them for people to <laughs> realize that that I'm not a very serious person and that certainly helped yeah yeah and you were um, what like 14 or, or 15 I, I think I had heard where you um, were playing a mistress is that possible um, yeah at the barn theater in uh, Montville New Jersey I was the mistress in Evita and I, yeah, it was like not appropriate that totally my parents were like, that seems fine. Um, I love too that my parents were like, because I really wanted to be an actor and I really wanted to get an agent and I really wanted to audition for stuff. And they were like, absolutely not. You're going to be normal. And then I got cast in the Mistress in a video and they're like, yeah, that's good. That's great. I'm like, you guys, I'm literally in a slip. And they would put me in this tiny little like coffin and just roll me into the most claustrophobic situation I've ever been in. And they left me there for like 15 minutes and then they would roll me on stage to sing my two minute song and then I would be done. But I would get on stage and be like sweating and pale. And oh, it was horrible. It was a bad experience. But I loved all those community theater people. I loved them and yeah. they looked out for me and 
that was where I was like, these are my people. These weird freaks. Weird yeah, freaks are my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also, just the fact that, like, your mom, so I, I, your mom was an unbelievable stage actress. She was yeah. at the Majestic in Brigadoon and yeah. Linda. Yeah, Linda. Um, and a very famous voiceover teacher as well. Yeah, she's a voice teacher. She has taught a lot of, she taught Lauren Bacall. Um, she taught Anne Hathaway. She taught me. Wait, wasn't taught, Anne Hathaway in something that you were in also? When she was my understudy. Yeah. And now she's a movie star. She was my understudy in Jane Eyre at the Paper Mill Playhouse. I love that. Yeah. Shout out to the Paper Mill. You were the one who got the award from the Paper Mill she, I think she may have gotten one, too. Oh. Or they gave her one later. They were like, yeah, say she won. Okay. Um, <laughs> but she, I was 17, and she was like 15. And I remember she was like already on the Atkins diet. And I was like, you are going to go places. Because I was like, I will have four more donuts, please. Like, just our mentalities were yeah. so, so different. She was so driven. And... It, I it think of you as very type A, too. I am about certain things. Yeah, you and don't then, eat sugar. Uh, sure I do. Okay. Actually, a woman today, I'm not kidding. I, I actually tweeted this today. I want to make a t-shirt for pregnant women that says, offer me your seat, not your advice. Because mm-hmm. I was... Thank I you. I love that. I was eating a donut. Sue oh, me. This makes me so and happy, Laura. a woman was like, you know, the baby's eating that. Yeah. And where you were like, good, I'm so glad that the baby's going to have a little meat on its butt. I, I wish I had been like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but I was like, uh-huh. And just like sort of sadly put it away. And then she walked away and I like finished it. Yeah. Like shame eating. You couldn't even enjoy it. I didn't donut. even enjoy it. I mean, I ate the whole thing, but okay, I didn't good. enjoy it. I know, but that's the the fact that she took the joy away from the donut Such is what an asshole. Who says something like that to yeah. someone? You know, the baby's eating that. How dare you? Also, what if I'm not pregnant? I know. What if my stomach's just eating a donut? That's happened to me. That has happened to me, where someone congratulated me, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh I guess I should wear Spanx more often. I mean, it's people will say the craziest things to you. So, do they tell you what gender? Do they do that? No. Where they're like, you're going to have... No, yeah, actually, because I had really bad morning sickness, so everyone was like, you're having a girl, which was true. Um, But a lot of times, men, I guess they just see my ginormous boobs, and they don't make their way down to my stomach, so they're just like, like, boop, 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 done. And I have had so many, like, literally was holding my husband's hand, we were walking down the street, and this man walked by me, and he just went, tits. And I was like, maybe he's just like naming body parts. Like the next person he sees, he's going to be like elbow. Like, I don't know. It was so crazy. And then I was taking a picture in Central Park and this guy on a bike went, I like them titties as he drove by. And meanwhile, I'm like, and then this two more baby stories and then I'll stop. So um, then up in my neighborhood where I live, this guy was like, hey, baby. And I finally was like, Sir, I am pregnant. And he was like, that's why I said, hey, baby. Oh, oh I love that. That was okay, amazing. That's, that's a, li- that a couple amazing. points for that. I, mean, I know, we, know, I like high-fived him. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're dating. It's, it's going well. He's very funny. the kind funny. of guy who let you He's eat a donut, funny. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then yesterday, a little boy, he was like eight years old, and he was in his little like school uniform, and he, he walked by me, and he looked at my belly, and he went, you still look great. Oh, I love that. Right? I love that. I love 
love him. And he was like trailing behind his other friends. Like he's clearly like the bookish nerd of that group. They were talking about kissing girls. And he was just like, well, that pregnant lady, well, you were great. Like, it was so adorable. The thing is that now we're old enough to be like, he's the one that you should, like, go with. Yeah, girls. for sure. Yeah. Not those little jack-offs in the front who were yeah. like, when are you going to kiss her? Yeah. You know? <laughs> stick her tongue and he did kiss mouth. her. He was nervous. They talked about that, though. The kids in the front, they were like, why, why are you so weird about kissing girls? He's like, I did it one time, but I was nervous. <laughs> so adorable. Cute. Children so are adorable. Cute. Anyway. I remember like learning from my older brother's friend that like he was going up a girl's shirt and I was oh. too young to understand, so I was like, Oh, you can't do that, you'll suffocate. <laughs> <laughs> I did not understand. Yeah, to save it's my dangerous life. up there. Yeah, you it never can know. Be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you were you were speaking of being a baby, when you were yeah. eight, 18, mm-hmm. you were in Sound of Music? Yeah, when I was 17 years old, 17. I auditioned for the role of Liesel in the Sound of Music on Broadway. And I've always, like, I think you have some photos of yeah. me. Oh, wait, is that That's me right there? Has, wait, yeah, here you are. That other one, though, if we go back, I'm 11 years old in that photo. I'm 11. First of all, I look like I'm 45. <laughs> Second of all, yeah. it is not the 4th of July. This Thirdly, I'm furious at my sister for not taking, taking this seriously. Yeah. I was like so mad at her. I also, if you'll notice, I stuck an American flag in her ponytail. This is what I meant by type oh, A. So I, you horrible. always struck me as type A. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with certain things. Yeah. <clears throat> and then other things I wish I were. Like, I wish I could get my shit together about really important things. But stupid stuff that, like, doesn't matter, you yeah. better believe I'm on top of it. Okay, good. Um, I know who to call now when I don't so, know what shampoo to buy. <laughs> when I auditioned, I was 17 years old for The Sound of Music, and they were like, you seem old. And they cast me as the understudy to Maria. And then I ended up playing opposite, when I was just turned 19, Richard Chamberlain. Who was 45 years older than you. Who was 19,000. Yeah, I mean, he was 45 years. Like, also, so, just the thinnest eyebrows where I'm like, I'm just gonna keep plucking until they're literally not now, there anymore. Now that you're, I mean, now that you got to do the sound of music again, but also yeah. now that you're 32, which, right? 30, no, I wish. I was, I'm 37. Okay. That was sweet of you, though. Still young. Yeah. Um, but, like, how does it feel? Like, because I'm sure at 18, it's 17? 18? I was, I was 17, well, 18 when I started and 19 when I took over. <clears throat> so, like, at that age, you'd be like, there's no, there's, there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah, no, I was a little bit like, well, okay, oh, this seems weird. But, okay. yeah, I just wanted to, to be on Broadway so badly that I was like, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But now that you're older, I was going to ask... Is it frustrating not to be getting those parts, or do you feel like you still get those parts to get called in for those? What, like, what do you mean? Like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's been okay. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if anything, I've sort of Benjamin buttoned. Like, I feel like I'm actually looking oh, nice. younger than I was. Yeah. And I think part Fabulous. of it is that I was like very, very serious as a young person. Yeah. And so I really wanted people to think I was like older and more mature. And then as I've gotten older, I've just allowed myself to be an absolute mess, mess of a person. No, I mean, so, have fun and relax yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been working nonstop yeah. since you were 18 years <laughs> <Yeah>. old. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, it's incredible. Thanks, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, I, I don't remember what you asked me, but it's okay. <laughs> I just, I didn't know if now when you're older, when you like the idea of 
someone who's 17 getting cast, a 17-year-old oh. female being cast yes. alongside a man who's 45 years older and somehow that's plausible in Hollywood. Like, no, it's horrible. Yeah. No, like I really want to play Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady and they're doing, a, um, a, they're doing it in Australia and they were like, they want like an 18-year-old unknown and I was like, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then I was like, ah, wait, hold on. <laughs> that is how it happened for me. So I don't, you know, I don't begrudge anybody their, their success and there's, yeah. I think there's plenty of... of I wasn't begrudging the younger women. I was begrudging the people who decide that no, someone, God forbid, who might sure. be age appropriate isn't okay. That well, was the only problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's very weird for me. Like now at 37, I'm getting like offers or auditions to play the mom of someone who's like 20 or 21, which just seems so creepy and weird. Yeah. Or still like, you know, I'm too old to play the wife of someone who's like 50. You know what I mean? They like have to get like a 28-year-old. They have to get someone nine years younger than me. That's that's more plausible. But whatever. It's, yeah, it is. It is. It is our biz. It is our show biz. Exactly. Um, I wanted. I, you've been in so many musicals. I just wanted to ask a, a little bit about. Um, oh wow. Uh, these are some of them. These are some <laughs> some of the many. Um, I wanted to ask about the vibrator play. Yeah. Um, I, Maria Dizia has been on the yes. show several times, and um, I just want to explain her. to people that it, you know, was it about the Victorian era when hysteria was seen as um, a serious issue for women mm -hmm. that could be cured by by a vibrator. Yeah. Well, they said which that, is not totally <laughs> far off. I no, I no. Mean, I mean, it, I, it worked. I, yeah. It actually yeah. worked. I mean, the the whole notion that women were somehow hysterical for having human emotion. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then that they would have like a, a trapped wetness in their womb was yeah. another idea. And so then you would apply the, vi the, the pressure of the wand and it would, it would give them a release that they could then be more, be calmer and yeah, accurate. Like that's science, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but the best part was when my grandmother came to see the play. Oh my God. Ooh man, that was rough. She like- On your mom's side or? Both of them came, my mom and my dad's side. And my mom's mom fully understood what was happening. Um, and my dad's mom had literally no idea what the play was about <laughs> at all. But she, so my dad bought her this like vibrating chair and she loves it. But she, it's constantly, she, she keeps forgetting how to turn it on. So she'll call my dad's office, he's a doctor, and she'll leave on his answering machine, Sal, it's your mother. My vibrator's not working. <laughs> The one you gave me. <laughs> Literally. And so my, my dad is always like, the new assistants are like, um, so there's a message from your mom. Uh, she called about the, the vibrator that you gave her. And then he's like, no, 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 it's just a chair. And then they quit. He sounds like, he sounds like the best therapist. He's amazing. My dad is the funniest man in the world. He's... He's so smart, and he's, he's technically my stepdad, but the word stepdad dad. is like, yeah, just, it's so removed where they're like a step away from you, which is not the case love. at all. Like, yeah. You say step when you don't feel love towards that person. Yeah. You're trying to push them away. Exactly, that's what it feels like. But anyway, he's, he's hilarious. Makes me laugh. That makes me so yeah. happy. Um, I, I did also want to ask about like working on Gypsy, which you got a Tony for that you duly deserved, um, but I wanted to ask about you know, Arthur Lawrence is like saying, I wanna, I, I thought I needed to break you down. Oh and yeah. 
you know, I know that that was a tradition of I, thinking that they need to break down the actor, but mm-hmm. does that actually work for anyone? Not for me. I think it works for some personalities. Like, I know that's a big thing in sports, okay. where it's like if you just scream at someone enough and, and make them feel horrible, then they do well. Yeah. That's not my jam. No. I don't do well that way. But Arthur Lawrence, I don't know if you guys know, but he, um, he wrote West Side Story. He wrote Gypsy. He's no longer with us, but when he directed um, the Gypsy that I did on Broadway with Pat, starring Patti LuPone, he was in his 90s. Yeah. And he is a character. I mean, for the first two weeks, he was so mean to me. And I quit. I was like, yes. this is horrible. I don't, I don't want to be treated this way. And he was way. notorious that way throughout, yeah, for throughout sure. his career. And he'd to, be the first person 90s. to be like, I'm, uh, I was horrible. But um, he called me and he was like, look, I really thought you'd be the type of person I need to break down, but I realized that you are the type of person I need to build up, which basically just means like, I didn't know you were insecure and now I do. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm so sorry that I screwed up. Yeah, but it's true. He was like, I didn't realize you were like neurotic and you needed me to stroke your ego, but now that I get it, I'll be nicer to you. And that worked for me. Thank you. I mean, it feels nice. Did I mention how gorgeous you are? Oh gosh. Thanks. That's nice. Um, (laughs) Smattering. (laughs) Fuck you guys. (laughs) The exact right response. So I I also really, I really, really, really wanted to um, talk about transitioning to TV because as a writer, playwrights are sort of a very hot thing in Hollywood and they don't care whether they've written anything really because they'll never read it, but they're just like, oh my God, you're a playwright. You must be smarter than me. Therefore, you can do the job. Is that the case on the acting side, meaning like do theater actors? Not musicals. I think people just assume if you're a musical theater actor, you are bad. Or like you're constantly doing jazz hands or you don't know how to be real or everything's heightened. And so, I mean, I would go to these auditions and people would be like, you're a really good actor. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Why do you have to be so weirdly I do surprised? It, I do it eight times a week. Yeah, I do it for my job. So, I mean, I understand that there's a difference between, you know, theater and television and in the energy that you give out and drawing the audience in and all that stuff. And it took a while for me to, to really feel like I'm remotely okay at it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you are like a straight theater actor like if you do straight plays I do think Hollywood is just like whoa but um, (laughs) for those listening at home I made an ejaculation motion Um, but I think for musical theater unfortunately it's actually a bias that you have to overcome yeah that's that's taken years to overcome well and then you've had so much success when it's been combined so like with Nashville yeah um, and the sound of music thank you one person Mm -hmm. Um, yes, go. Nashville and the Sound of Music Live. Yes, those were those were successful ventures for me. They for were. Sure. They were. They know they genuinely were. I didn't laugh. Yeah. These assholes did. <laughs> they were for not and Supergirl. Yeah, Super Supergirl, where I got to act opposite myself. Yeah, which okay. Was harrowing. Was it a stunt double? I just wanted to know. Or was that I mean, the, the, I did some stuff, and then a stunt double did some stuff. Okay. Yeah, but they have amazing stunt people. There are some things that you're like, I didn't fly in the harnesses. And oh, all that, that stuff. wasn't you. Okay. In the harnesses, no. Okay. I thought that looked really fun. No. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, I feel like they did that at like three o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. And it just like nobody needs. You're like no, that. thank you. Yeah. Um. So I also wanted to ask about Playboy. Was that fun Ooh. to do? I mean, look, literally the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life is right behind me, and I refuse to look at it. Um, (laughs) We'll uh, get rid of it. We'll get rid of it. Yeah, burn it. 
Um, I, you know, it's funny when Playboy, when it, when the show first originated, it was for Showtime. Yeah. And then Bob Greenblatt left and took it to NBC. So uh, in its original form, the pilot really was great. Chad Hodge wrote it and it was really, really good. And that's the thing that drew me in. And then, uh, Chad was taken off of it and someone else was put on and oh, suddenly it. it was like Eddie Cibrian and, and mob bosses. And I was like... Check, please. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And also, people, I think, were sort of understandably skeptical about what it was going to be. And a lot of groups came out against it before they even saw it, thinking that it would somehow be offensive. And it was, but not for the reasons they thought. Right, right. It was just offensively bad. Well, it wasn't, like, like, offensive. There's, I, I get so sad when, the like, with the misdirected anger of, like, can you please take all of that vehemence and all of that anger and all of that time spent to places where it matters, meaning like, can you deal with that in real brothels and in real healthcare situations and places that like actually need your support versus like a television show? Like that is not the, it's not that it's not a problematic, but it is not on the, on the scale, on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It is (laughs) not the highest point. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't the, um, the glorification of pornography that everybody said it was. It was just like a like a soap opera where we were dressed like rabbits. Yeah. You know? Um, but it, it wasn't... I met, I met my friend Chad who wrote it and that, you know, if that is the best thing that I got out of that, then that is pretty sad. Um, well, it's... <laughs> I'm kidding. You guys. Ooh, that took a turn. It got dark. I know. Everyone got No, I, he's amazing. I, I love him. And so... And you guys, um, you're also working on a, a book because you're, people yes. found your, your Twitter, which is so funny and you can follow Laura on Twitter. Um, but your tweets are so hilarious that you got a book deal from it. Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah, it's right it's now. Not I'm, weird. Sti- I'm still. I mean, it's pretty great, but I'm still working on it. it um, the working title is um, "I Stole Your Boyfriend and Other Monstrous Acts on My Way to Becoming a Human Woman." And is that true? Did you steal them? Because some of my boyfriends are such jerks. I'm so glad you took them. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I think because I moved here when I was 18 and I didn't have any girlfriends because they were all in college. Yeah. I just was so lonely that I just, ha- I just had a series of boyfriends. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think when, you, when you're making, when one is making the, um, I don't know, the, the acceptance and approval of like men, your sole focus, you can yeah. become like a little bit of an asshole. So there are, it's, it's, it's certainly not prescriptive, the book, by any means. It's, it's comedic. You know, there, yeah. are, there are comedic essays. But it is a bit of a cautionary tale to young, to young women. Well, I'm, I'm, I know that you're going to get to sing again, but I'm going to oh, give yeah. you some gifts before you sing, oh, if that's you. okay. Um, and I think that this is a good segue for one of them, which is Feminist Fight Club. <gasps> yeah. Um, an office survival manual. Which oh, is, this is awesome. Even though neither of us work in offices, it's a way to try to band together and what strategic things you can do um, to, to help each other through things. Oh, I love that. Um, Thank you. And I also got you a white noise machine. <gasps> Um, Did you really? Yeah, because you're having a baby. Oh, my God. And you also probably rehearse at home, so I figured that this might be really helpful. That's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. Um, and as well as some delicious treats from Russ and Daughters, and there's more downstairs, actually, and um, and some stuff from Factory, F-C-T-R-Y, like little baby opticals. Baby sunglasses? And little um, oh my gosh. <laughs> socks. Um, I didn't want to get too many things because I'm Jewish, but I feel like um, just enough. That's so sweet of you. Thank um, you so much. Of course. That's so nice. And would it be okay to, to sing one, one yeah, more song? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Is Todd here? Todd, are you here? <laughs> 
Are you guys still here? Yeah. I knew we'd get you. I knew we would. Okay, I'm going to let Todd and Laura sing um, a beautiful song for you all. Without further ado, Laura Benanti. And Todd, what is your last name? Almond. Todd Almond. Strung with silver wire And as we sang the words It would set our minds on fire For we believed in things And so we'd sing Remember when the music Brought us all together To stand inside the rain And as we joined our hands We'd meet in the refrain For we had dreams to live And we had hopes to give All the times I've listened And all the times I've heard All the melodies I'm missing And all the magic words And all the potent voices And the choices we had Wasn't she divine? Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you to Alex Seiner for editing it. Thanks to all of you who come to the live shows. I love seeing you. Come say hello after. The next one is October 27th. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes. If you can donate, please do. We appreciate the support. It goes to enabling this production to happen, which is why we were on hiatus this summer. Um, So thank you to all of you who donate. And thanks to all of you for being the special snowflakes you are. Take care. Talk to you next week.